0: Hey, guys, this is Tina Recklage, and you're listening to the Grow & Go podcast, the show about growing, challenging, and encouraging each other to dig deeper than the social norms. Let's grow and go together. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Grow & Go podcast. Um, apologize for posting late. I Last week was just so busy, I didn't have time to record anything. But it gave me quite a bit of time to um, invest in this week's episode, which I wanted to give a little clarity before. Um, I, I feel like I've shared quite a bit about what it's like or what our role as Christians should be to love the world. And I kind of want to just take a step back from that. um, Mostly because I feel like I still need to like learn a little bit more about that. And I just kind of want to do like a little sub or like almost like an off uh, little three week series. Uh, And it's called the S word and the S word meaning uh, sex. Yes, we are going there. Um, And just, I have this past summer, I've just, I've read like multiple books on, just the idea of sex, the idea of, um, you know, purity in and of itself, you know, we can joke around about purity culture, but there's a lot of things that I feel like needs to be said. And a lot of things that like I've just learned personally that I just kind of want to share and just kind of want to just talk about, just get, get, get it off uh, everybody's chest and just kind of put it on the table. And, uh, it starts with this week talking about sex in pornography, um, and before we get pretty serious cuz i'm i'm not, not going not even going to lie this is going to be pretty uh i'm it's going to it's going to be I, I actually i don't even know i feel like it's going to go really well but who who even knows um but before we get into that i want to share the fun part of this week's episode which is the embarrassing story of the week okay so this happened like right in the beginning of quarantine okay so quarantine covid-19 sucks okay so like if, I'm, if you're listening to this in like 2022 and like we're, we somehow survived it um, and you're listening, you're like, what was like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, what an awful time to be alive. Um, yeah, we are still in the middle of it currently. Um, even though things are opening up and things are going somewhat trying to be back to normal, um, it still sucks. Like I hate wearing a mask just as much as anybody, but you know, we got to do what we got to do. But um, this happened right in the beginning. So around this time was when I was like, losing weight. So when 2020 started back in January, I was like, I want to lose weight this year, like a ton. Like I want to like make 2020 the year of like productivity and like to make sure like I I want my ideal bod (laughs) by December 31st, 2020. Right. And so I was like, I'm going to do the whole year. And then as soon as quarantine hit, I was like, oh, snap, because all of a sudden, not only did a ton of places close, um, one of those places was the gym. And it's weird because I go to an Anytime Fitness, and you would think because I signed up for Anytime Fitness that it would be open anytime, but they never in the contract, it never said anything about if a virus comes that all of a sudden I wouldn't be able to go anytime. But <laughs> I'm not salty, no, <laughs> but I was just like, okay, um, I guess I don't do that. So for like three weeks, it was really bad. Like, guys, it was, it was bad. Like, I, in those three weeks, I was just, like, going to town. Like, I remember, like, one, my bank account wasn't good because I was spending all my money on Chipotle bowls, but it would be bad. Like, I would just, you know, I had no, like, I couldn't, like, go to the gym, therefore I couldn't, like, stick to my routine. So I literally just ate bad for, like, three weeks, so, like, straight, and it was just awful. Like, I have, like, what I started at in the beginning of quarantine, like, what weight I was at, and at the end of, like, the three weeks that I was eating bad... And it wasn't good. It was not a good number. Um, and so there came a time where I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, I have to like, I hate how I'm feeling. I hate the way my body looks. And so I'm like, I need to like get out and just start moving. You know, like I, I just needed to do something. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to go outside. I'm I'm just going to start walking. like, And then eventually I started running, but I, I was just walking. And so I would walk around my neighborhood Um, and I would have my Apple Watch on and I would make sure I'm burning the calories that I wanted to, et cetera. And um, you know, going outside, which was so weird. I I am such an indoor person and it was weird for me to go outside and like do what I had to do. Um, and so there was this one specific time, and this was right around the time that I would run and then like the last two blocks I would just kind of walk and just kinda like slow down my heart rate. Um, and it was in my neighborhood, right? And so one day I was just like mom texted me was like hey sweetie like you want to catch up so i called her and i have my airpods in right and i'm talking to my mom so you know if people don't recognize i have airpods in they're kind of like oh this guy's talking to himself um so but i'm walking through streets and or through the neighborhood and on the sidewalk like in the middle of the day it's like it's like 12 o'clock right and i'm just walking and i'm talking to my mom via airpods and all of a sudden I'm walking and I hear someone screaming and so I like look over to my right so across the street and I take an earbud or one of my AirPods out and I look over and these two little like 5 6 year old girls are just standing at the edge of their driveway and they're looking over at me and they're yelling, "Hey! Shut up!" And I'm like, "What?" And so these girls saw that I was talking to my mom and they decided these two little girls decided that they're going to run the neighborhood and they're going to tell me a grown 23 year old man to shut up while I'm talking to my mom on the phone and so I did the funny part is that this isn't really embarrassing it's more of just like a what what the heck why did this happen but the funny part is that I like looked Hurt, saw them scream and yell at me and I just turned back straight forward and put the AirPod in and didn't do anything about it I didn't like go up to the house and be like hey your kids are like yelling at me yelling at strangers no I just I just went on and they just stared me down as if like I'm this crazy man who just talks to himself and I was just like what the heck like I was in disbelief is the best word I could use to describe that situation but I was just like who who, who who raised you, you know, like, well, who raised you to yell at people and tell them to shut up? Like that's anyway. And I just continued talking on to my mom, but it was super weird. And I was like, what the heck? Like, what is quarantine teaching these kids about like their own personal space? Like obviously nothing. Um, and so I was super like, what the heck? But that's my embarrassing story of the week. Not very embarrassing, but it's still like, what the heck? If there's anything funny that I can remember out of COVID-19 and this whole quarantine thing is that I got yelled at by two little six-year-old girls because I was talking to my mom on the phone. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so you're probably wondering, like I said, new series, three-week series. So we're going to start off with uh, sex in pornography. I'm going to do next week, we're going to do sex before marriage. And then the last week, sex in its context. Okay, so this week is, I feel like it's going to be pretty relatable to uh, i would say at least the male crowd i and i'm not saying that females don't struggle with porn actually i know a hand like a couple people couple females who have struggled with porn who have given into it and i'm not trying to say that this is more of a, a guy problem um i know because i'm a male i understand that i have i i can understand the male perspective a little bit more than the female perspective um and just the books that i've read has been kind of about you know male sexuality and male purity and stuff like that. So I'm not just, you know, just not trying to deflate some balloon about the female um, sexual, you know, um, gosh, um, immorality, if that makes sense. Like I'm just, I'm talking from a place where I understand as a male, my own, my own desires and my own things that I wrestle with um, on a daily basis. And so I just wanted to give that clarity. I'm not Trying to make this a male uh, a male podcast episode. This is for both genders, um, and just I just really want to clarify that. <laughs> and the reason why I am talking about this is because this is something like I said earlier. This is something that I have just learned a ton about within the last few months, and it's something that I feel like oh my gosh I like need to tell someone. And congratulations, you guys are that someone. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of share my own. My own pornography story, my growth, and just the understanding of my daily submission to God's will over my own pleasure and my own will. Um, and so I just kind of wanted to give into that uh, and just, I, I don't really even know how to start this. So I guess, uh, I guess we'll just jump in. So uh, my, how I started, I first watched porn when I was 11 years old and so and it was, it was weird. Cause I didn't even know what it was. Of course, I'm not going to be graphic, but like, I remember just being on the internet super young. Like I, I, I like know, I know like little kids who are like around that age. And I just think like, Oh my gosh, they're, this is like the time where like they're giving and they're like being exposed to it. It just like breaks my heart. Cause I remember me as 11 year old kid being so like vulnerable and naive was just like, Oh, like, and just curious about what, is on the internet and what is out there. You know, it's, it's crazy, but I wanted to share. So I started watching it at 11 years old and needless to say there, there was only man all throughout middle school. I watched it all throughout high school into my early years of college. I remember just like giving in and like, there was almost no battle to like, let go of it. Like it, it to me it almost felt like something that was just always going to be hanging on my back like that's just part of who I am like I'm growing into the person that I mean before Christ I'm just like I was just like doing whatever I wanted to do and I didn't really have like a big remorse for it like I knew I didn't feel good after doing it and I knew I shouldn't be doing it but yet I was still like no like I feel good like I'm not gonna like not do it um And so, but then when I gave my life to Christ and I had a, I had a different understanding of it. I still felt like that, like conviction, but I just always assumed that like, that's just what males struggle because nobody else is talking about it. And therefore, I guess it's normal and almost like normalizing our sin, which is not normal, which should not be normal. And, and I like, I'm sad to say that that was like my like mindset about it for so long was just like normalizing sin where it's, there's the verse, uh, Romans six twenty three where it says, the, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So in those moments, the things I was normalizing, looking at porn um, and following the other steps from it, um, I was normalizing death. In a sense, I was choosing death over life. I was choosing sin over victory. And in those instances, because I had given my life to Christ and I had been freed from the consequence. I've been free from sin. I had been free from its hold. I kept running back to the chains that he set me from. And I kept choosing the chains. And it wasn't something that like, I'm entangled into this. Therefore, like, ah man, like, I don't know how to get out of these things. I don't know how to get out of these chains. I don't know how to escape this prison. But it was that reminder that, no, he freed me from all sin. Like I'm no longer a slave to sin. And if we are in Christ and none of us are a slave to sin, if we have accepted him and trusted in him, then we also need to trust and accept the fact that when he took the key, which is him dying on the cross, he broke the chain that we were connected to. He freed us from that. And yet we normalize it because we can't seem to surrender our will continually over to him because we want what we want more. Um, and so that was a big reason why I just normalized it for so long because I'm like, all right, this is something that I guess everybody struggles with. And one, nobody's talking about it because one, it's, it's, it's vulnerable and it's embarrassing and it's, you know, you're really, you're going into some personal stuff when you share this with other, with people of the same sex and with other people, it's, it's scary to like say, Hey, I last night at this time and this period in my room, in my bed, I gave into porn. I like watched it and like didn't tell anybody. And like, it's, it's embarrassing because you're letting someone in on like the parts that are the most filthy you feel like. And so, but what I've learned to understand is that instead of me trying to normalize sin, I've learned that I choose sin. And it's not something that like when I give in to watching porn, it's because I chose to do that. It's not because the temptation is so overbearing to where, like, oh my gosh, okay, all right, I'll give in. Because there's this there's this quote that I read or that I saw once, and it's by Doctor Edwin Lewis Cole, and it said, "The torment of temptation to sin is nothing compared with the consequences of sin." And so it's in those moments where every day, we're almost every day we're given these chances to look at porn and to have these rushed feelings and this feeling of fantasy and excitement when we when we can look at porn but that's just temptation and that's not giving in to sin unless we decide oh okay i'm just going to fulfill the temptation that is coming my way it's when we give in and it's when we accept it and when we're like okay might as well like to not be super graphic but for men it's like hard when like you wake up and you're like, Oh, I might as well because something is already happening. Okay. And it's, it's so hard. It's so difficult because it's like the temptation is there. And sometimes we don't even ask for it. Like when I go to the gym, it's, it's hard to like keep my eyes away because it's like, and it's not even something I asked for. I I want to go to the gym to work out. I'm not going there to like fulfill my eyes, if that makes sense. Like, so I've like had to learn. I'm like, okay, uh, one thing, I am blind without my glasses. So I'm going to leave my glasses in my gym bag. And so I've had to leave them there. So I'm like, okay, I uh, even if I wanted to look, even if I had the desire to look, it's like I couldn't even see it anyway. So it's just like those little things where it's like the temptation is in and of itself is not sin. Like scrolling through Instagram, seeing a picture, and then, you know, like it's only when we give it time, when we give it worship, because sin is when we choose something over God. That's when we turn porn or we turn masturbation into an idol. And that's when it becomes a deep rooted sin is when we give it ownership to where God, where God is supposed to fill that. That makes sense. So one of the things is that, you know, sex feels good, okay? As someone who has lost his virginity, I can testify like that, it, it is an experience in and of itself. But, and so in those situations, people are almost like, well, if it feels good, if it's meant to like be good, then like, why is it so distorted? And that's where like porn, like, oh man, if I could just talk about porn for a second, like porn in its nature is so degrading because in these videos, and these images, it's not even like my heart our hearts are attached to the two people or the one person in these videos, pictures. It's not like I have like a heart connection, like an actual love for these people in those instances. It's just used as a way to make me feel good. And it's used as a way to make me feel relief as if I have some sort of control. The reason why we give into porn is because of an arrogant heart and because we want control. And so we look up these things at night and we, we find ourselves so deeply infatuated with these women, with these men, and for some people, that it becomes more or less love and becomes more lust and becomes something where we're like, I'm giving, because I have control of what I watch and which videos I want and which type of, which type of porn I want to watch. It's, it's so easy for me to pick and choose as if I have the power. And it's, yeah, man, if I could just say it's kind of disgusting. Like, it's not kind of, it is. And that's where 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18 says to flee from sexual immorality. It doesn't say don't just look at it. Don't even give a thought. It says flee, like literally run away from it. It says every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. And I hear that and I think because, yeah, I'm giving... I'm giving into sin against my own body. But at the same time it's almost like I'm sinning against my own heart too because when I give into that I'm not looking at these women with respect. And when I look at when we look at porn and when we look at these videos and these images of of things that should be kept in the marriage, which we'll get into later. Um it's it's me looking for satisfaction and me looking for something to make me feel better about myself. And it becomes a heart issue where it's like, if I look at it, then it's harder for me to love and and respect and to honor and to cherish an actual woman because in those situations, like these images and videos that we get from porn are leaking into our heart and coming out of what we want in a woman. You know, there's a time where I... Like I mentioned in my testimony uh, podcast episode where like, I just, I just like, you know, I just didn't respect women. And that was because of like, one, because I chose not to, but also I feel like porn in that situation helped fuel that because it was like, I'm so used to looking at women this way that I think women have to serve this purpose. And it's, it's man, it's heartbreaking. And it's like embarrassing to say, but it's like, in those situations, our hearts Turn from something that is beautiful, which is God's creation, a woman, an, an the opposite sex, I should say. The opposite sex is something beautiful, something to delight in and to take pleasure in. Of course, not you know making it an idol and making it something that is fully satisfied in, but to say like God created this, therefore I can enjoy and love you instead of. But instead, we take what God meant for good, um, and twist it around for our own pleasure, our own desires, our own evil, evil ideas of what we want in a woman. So for like a long time, like I would look at the opposite sex as like, okay, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Instead of just laying down the law and saying, no, my goal is not to get what I want. My goal is to get something that honors the Lord, something that glorifies him, some relationship that honors him and respects him and respects her or the opposite sex. And so when we wa- when we give into porn it's not even just like a oh I'm satisfying myself for a few minutes it's also creeping into our heart and it's telling us that this thing is what you're this th- it this is what real sex and real love looks like this rough this intimate, this intimate interaction is what love looks like but in reality it's not and that's why you'd never really see like when I when <laughs> In situations where I would give in to porn, I never really saw like a love, like sex that is loving, sex that is, you know, good for each other. I just saw two people just doing it and it wasn't even something that like was like you didn't see love. You just saw control. You saw someone getting their way and that's why it's so heartbreaking because that's not love. Porn is not love and it's so... Gosh, it breaks my heart. There's a quote by this guy Heath Lambert. Uh, this book I wrote by him. It's called Finally Free. Um, awesome book, by the way. But there's a quote that said, "Porn is only consumed by thankless people." And in those situations, it's like thankless people. Like one of the reasons why is because we're not, you know, we're not content with what God has given us and who we are in Christ. And so, therefore, it's like if we're not content in what. has already given us and who we are then we're looking for other things to find contentment in and so if we can just rest so needless to say if we could just rest in who god is and who we are and what we have all these all these gifts that he's given us all these blessings and stuff like that if we're if we don't just like rest ourselves in that then we're eager and we're thirsty and hungry for something else because we're not content with what god says because in all actuality, we don't need sex and we don't need this release. Yeah. And I think God does want us to have that. I think that's one of the blessings of marriage, which I am not a married person, so I I can't speak to that yet. But that's one of the reasons why he created sex was for that, that intimacy, for that shared bondage together. And when we distort it and when we let porn creep in it's almost like we're saying like okay like i want control over this because i can't have this now it's like we're eager like we're too eager to the point where we're turning to sin because we think it'll make us feel good in the moment instead of like that's why one of the things that i wish i would have learned is like the gift of saving ourselves for marriage like i know a few people who have and when i say few it's it's pretty uh it's pretty true like I know a few people who have saved themselves from marriage and it's like the blessing of that doesn't even compare to like the temporary satisfaction that we get by watching porn. And it's just heartbreaking, you know? So, and I just want to say one more thing too, that when we give into porn, giving into porn is me deciding that. Okay. Like generational sin is a thing. And generational sin is something that, like your dad, if your dad struggled with alcoholism, then there's more chances that you'll have it. And if your dad struggled or your mom struggled with sexual sin, then there's more chances that you'll have it. And sexual sin is part of my family dynasty, but your parents or your parents' parents or whoever is not the one telling you to watch porn at midnight. Ultimately, our sin is our sin like you are the one choosing sin over victory and you are the one choosing to give in you are the one letting these temptations get to your head and picking it because i think a lot of times what we do is we try to shift the blame away from us onto something else be like well this generation is cur- this generation's cursed or oh, well my dad had oh, my sexual my sexual sin is due to because of my my sexual my generational dynasty and you know, my sexual, me giving in sexual sin is because I, you know, X, Y, Z, you could fill in the blank. Like, I shouldn't have been tempted like that. It's almost like we're blaming everything but ourselves. But at the end of the day, like, we are responsible for our sin and we can't shift the blame away from that. And that's why it's like, it's so embarrassing because like, it's embarrassing to admit to our sin. Like, it's not a fun process, trust me. Like, nobody ever wants to give in and say, yep, I gave in to porn, like, willingly, for free, for fun. There is no fun way of confessing sin. And so, and God gave every single person a free will to choose between right and wrong. So it's not like we always have to choose wrong. Like, God's saying, like, I'm giving you the choice to choose. So every moment we decide what we eat and what we starve, and God's saying, starve the bad, eat the good because my good is rewarding. The things I have for you are so much better than what you'll find here. You know, like, sometimes I feel like, well, I used to struggle a lot with like, man, I like can't wait to be married. Like one, because I just love being, the idea of being with someone, but it's like, oh, I also get to have sex. But at the end of the day, it's like, that's not even like the goal. Like our goal is not like, oh man, I can't wait to get married. So therefore I can have sex, like like shameless sex. But it's like, that's a blessing but that's not like the reason you know i feel like for men specifically like not just me um but just men i've talked to it's like we like crave that intimacy and so we try to find it in other things and that's not to blame that's not to like point as that emptiness feeling as the root cause but that's something that we're like man like i wish to be intimate with someone i wish to have this vulnerability and this openness with someone. And so we look for it in porn and we realize that porn doesn't even satisfy. It only makes us feel that, feel that way for just a few minutes or, or however long we watch. It. And so, but one of the things too, is that like the more we give into porn, the more it's difficult to turn back to God. You know, one of the greatest consequences of backsliding is that the further you move away from the Lord, the more difficult will be the return the heartbreak of when we give into sin turns less and less into a devastating blow against our relationship with God and becomes more tolerable and just less remorseful because sexual sin is a beast that grows in direct proportion to how much it is fed. So if we give into porn over and over, if we give into porn, say we have this like streak of like not watching porn and we give in, there's this heartbreak that's like, oh my gosh, like you want to like repent and you want to, just god like i'm sorry like i understand this isn't good but the more that we don't repent and we don't give in to going to him the more it's easily turned into like okay i guess i'm back in this cycle again and it becomes like your heart is disconnected from it and that's why porn is so entrapping because it's like in high school like if you would have asked me like do you watch porn? i'm like yeah and i would have no heart connection to it because to me it was just something that i did as like a hobby and it's not a hobby; it's sin. Like, so every bad thing that we do, it flows from. Like I said, kind of mentioned earlier, it flows from a heart that is thankless, but it's also arrogant, and it's a heart that tells itself that it deserves this or that. And so we, we think we deserve intimacy. So therefore, we're like, oh well, I, I deserve intimacy. So I'm going to Google Pornhub.com, and it becomes this cycle of making it about us and self like selfish ambition is at the root of our sexual sin. Okay. So everything that we do to give into porn and to give into that sexual sin is be- due to us wanting our will over his. And so, and that's the root. So the root of all of it, if we can put a big blanket term over it, the reason we give into porn is because of pride. And because we, one, we think we deserve it. And two, we, we think we need it and three we just naturally want it and we'll get anything to get it instead of just resting and trusting and just being at peace with the fact that everything that we need we already have everything we everything we desire every every little emptiness that we have we if we are in Christ we have the fulfillment of it we have the satisfaction we are complete in him there's a reason he said it is finished and we are finished in him and so, we could talk more and more about why we give in to porn. But what do we do when we do give in to porn? You know, I'm I'm not perfect. There's times where I still wrestle with it, and there's different seasons. And there will be victory if we continue these habits. And most of those habits are confessing and going to our brothers and sisters who are in Christ and confessing this and being diligent enough to say, "Hey, I am struggling. Um, I cannot do this alone." And uh, there's actually have the book right here. So I'm going to get to it, but just acknowledging the fact that we are not in that we need people and that we need accountability because we cannot do it ourselves. We are, we struggle like we, <laughs> we, we struggle. Um, there is different things. So in this book, I'm looking at finally free right now. There's things that gospel grace can be applied to our confession to having a grateful heart, to taking radical measures, to a relationship with Jesus, to sorrow. And if we're married, our spouse, you know, accountability, humility. So it's all these things that if we focus on, then we will become, like this book says, finally free. Um, and one of the things I do is um, like when I would give into this would be, because I'm not perfect. I'm not going to say that I've been clean for X x amount of months or anything. Like it's it's a daily thing. And I don't think people understand that like, it's, there's a temptation to look at a woman lustfully in the male's eyes almost every day. Like every day it's showing up on our screens, it's showing up at our workplace, it's showing up at the gym. And it's not just going to go away until we're with him. And so it's hard. So what do we do in the meantime, right? There is this little like, um, I'm not, it's not calling it an analogy. I can't think of the word where it's like you take the letters of a word and spell it out. So I'm going to, so what I hear is car, c a r. And the C stands for confessing your sin, which is going to the Lord, confessing your sin to God and to brothers or sisters, uh, whatever your um, gender is, and confessing, guys, I gave in to porn tonight. I'm wrestling with this. Guys, confessing to God, God, I, I have sinned against you. I have fallen short of meeting your standard of being holy and blameless. And Lord, I'm not perfect. And I know my goal in life is not to be perfect, but to strive more towards you like just confessing your sin, confessing your sin, the sin that you did um, for clarification. Um, the A, which is affirm God's forgiveness over your sin. And that's to affirm and to remind ourselves that, no, when we are faith. So the verse that I'll get to on that is First John 1 verse 9, where it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so when we affirm God's forgiveness over our sin, when we confess, then we're forgiven. That's that's the equation. When we confess, therefore we're forgiven. And so, but a lot of times it's almost like we don't feel forgiveness because we're still like, oh my gosh, like I feel dirty, I feel gross, I don't, I don't, I know I sinned against God. I, you know, and like acknowledging that where we fail continually, but it's affirming God's forgiveness, saying, No, I confessed. So I need to trust, not just believe, but I need to trust that I am forgiven and that when I do that. My slate is clean and I have a new fresh start with God. So last, so C, confess your sins. A, affirm God's forgiveness over your sin. And R is request Jesus's grace to change. So it's in those instances where like, God, I I confess my sin. I confess giving in the porn. And I know when I confess, I am forgiven, but then it becomes God like, because I know I'm forgiveness, let let me. I, because I know I'm forgiven, let me not take advantage of your forgiveness, so I can keep on sinning. But let me request for you to change my heart, for you to change my outlook, for you to change my eyes, so I can see you better, so I don't have to look at porn and feel satisfied that I can find satisfaction in you because you are, you are the best thing for me. You are the best thing for us. You are good. And these are like my own prayers that I would do, and so. What do we do? We confess. We affirm God's forgiveness over our sin. And we request Jesus's grace to change because we can change. And he has the power to heal. You know, there's a song that I really don't like that much. But I love the lyrics where it says, like, he turns graveyards into gardens. And he turns dry bones into a garden. Like, I don't remember the words in that part. But he takes things that are terminally, terminally death. Like, it's de- when we give into sin, it's, we're choosing death. And he takes that, and we realize that because we have the ultimate atonement, we have God who intercedes for us, that we have forgiveness of our sins, and we're not a lost cause when we, when we sin, that he forgives us every time. So confess our sin, affirm God's forgiveness over our sin, and request Jesus' grace to change. So a couple takeaways. God hates sin. Okay, he doesn't tolerate it. He he hates it. Okay, so he's that's why he sent his son down, not so he can be like, all right, I guess you guys can kind of sin, but no, he sent him down so we can all be forgiven of our sin. So God hates sins, but He loves sinners. You are, and I'll speak to whoever is listening to this. You are not a porn addict. An addict can't keep his attention away from porn. So if someone was to hold a gun to you and say. If you, if you don't stop looking at porn, I'm going to, you know, blow your head off. Like, of course you would stop. That shows that you have control. And so therefore one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. And it's, that's something that we have to learn over time and we have to abide in Christ. Therefore our fruits will be coming out. And so we need to trust that, Hey, because I am in Christ, I have the power of self-control and I don't need to give, I don't need to give ownership over to my, my viewing of porn like I have self-control to not look at it. I have I have self-control to not go on my phone and Google. I have I because we are in Christ, we have his spirit in us. And so you are not a porn addict. You are someone who looks at porn willingly and God has freed you from the enslavement of porn because he loves you. And it's not because he wants you to clean up your act. It's because he loves you and he knows, "Hey, I set you free. Therefore, you don't have to be in bondage anymore." So Another one, you are responsible for your own sin. We are responsible for our own sin and God is responsible for his forgiveness. So it's not like we could like try to clean up our act and try to clean ourselves up so that way we're forgiven. It's like, no, if we confess, if we humbly confess, because humbling ourselves is putting ourselves a little bit lower uh, or lowering ourselves, so that way we can confess our sin. Otherwise, if we just assume that we're forgiven and we don't actually speak it into existence, then therefore it's like, that counts, but kind of doesn't because we should speak to God. If we want a relationship with him, it comes from confessing where we're at ease and confessing where, or confessing where we are at our wrongs. And to acknowledge that because of him, we have forgiveness, total forgiveness. It's not just like a seasonal forgiveness. And there should be a guilty heart almost all the time for a Christian because we are constantly sinning against him. We're always feeling guilty of our sin, but there should also be a constant joy from knowing that we have complete access to his forgiveness. If we are to confess our sins, we are responsible for. Next, trust that when you repent and ask for the Lord's forgiveness, that he is faithful and just to forgive. We don't always feel forgiven after confessing. And sometimes that's, sometimes that's part of the consequence of sin is that we always don't, we don't always feel this way. And if there's one thing I learned specifically is that the most basic the most basic act of wisdom is repentance. It's choosing to not try to justify our sin and to say, "Oh well, if my dad didn't struggle with porn growing up, or if like I wasn't tempted by Instagram or anything." No, 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 no. To be wise is to admit where we're wrong and to admit when we fall and when we give in to watching porn and when we give in to masturbation and when we give into to these different sexual sins. It's our responsibility. It's what we did, but. It's also part of the equation because without our sin, God wouldn't need to forgive us. So it's almost like, okay, I get to boast in my weakness because He is faithful and just and all-powerful and merciful enough to gr- grant us this forgiveness that we do not deserve. Wh- repentance speaks so much louder, like and the difference between asking for forgiveness and repentance is that you can ask for forgiveness and then keep sitting, but repentance is like, "No, Lord, I want to change." Repentance is turning away from things that you were doing and moving towards a new direction, which is closer to him and towards what he wants. Porn is not in God's plan. Porn, God hates porn, but he loves sinners. Okay, challenge of the week. Write yourself a letter to you in the future. Like, what would you want to tell yourself in like a year, two years, 10? Like, what would you want today you to tell tomorrow you? You know, I feel like if I was writing something down, it would be like, hey, man, right now in 2020, things are a little weird and you don't know where you're at financially or what career-wise. But um, but right now, what you do know, what I know right now in 2020 is that I am a child of God. I have forgiveness because of him. And I'm loved, even when I don't even feel loved. And I would mail myself to that. So that way, in the future, I could be like, oh, man, this is what Tanner in 2020 was feeling. So do that. Write yourself a letter in the future. It's a little corny, whatever. And then I don't, I don't know where you want to put it. Maybe in your desk drawer. Who knows how dirty it is or whatever. But just tell yourself, write yourself some affirmation. God doesn't, like in all honesty, we don't really deserve affirmation. But God is so good to say, no, I love you. You are my child. So live in that. Soak in that. Just soak in that identity and realize that you are so loved it's not by what you did but it's what he did and who the son sets free is free indeed we'll see you guys next time